Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this has a funny title, Debate, 3D Post-Processing Should Be Done by a Radiologist. Since I'm the only one speaking, it can't be much of a debate. But I will tell you that the ISCT meeting, there was a debate, 3D by the radiologist, 3D by the technologist, or a hybrid. At the end of the day, the hybrid system works very well, as long as you figure out what is the... Uh, workflow and that becomes very critical but let me explain to you why I think the radiologist needs to be doing them or surely taking a significant role and not simply having a few images downstream in my experience most radiologists tend to read images like it was 1986 except that a computer replaces the film if you're looking at axial images it really is simply film I guess the one advantage is we have multiple copies and things don't get lost and the clinicians don't come visit, but maybe that's not such an advantage. And we know that 3D has been around from the early 80s, from the earliest times of CT, and we know it's evolved from being something like this, which kind of looks like a pelvis, to the earliest Lucas films, to the current volume rendering where we can get really good detailed vessels of bronchial arteries, for example really good detail of vascular maps or in this example as well with dilated gonadal veins and pelvic congestion syndrome and we know even that it's not just powerful workstations because what is considered a workstation has changed its definition because you can do similar things on an iPad or on an iPhone in this case a focal nodular hyperplasia or in this case of a runoff study with uh, bone removal as it was a dual energy study so there are many things you can do. We know from the uh, articles published, and I'll look at simply our own. Volume rendering was a massive change in the mid-80s with the Pixar, Bob Drebin, Derek Nye, overcoming many of the drawbacks. We recognize that. And then, of course, we did a state-of-the-art article a few years later, and I, I always joke about the fact that I write the same article over because we're thinking that 3D is going to become mainstream, but it is yet to become mainstream even with large data sets thousands of images where scrolling is just not a alternative 3d tends not to be used in many places and when it's used it's very uniquely used it's put away like the good china to be brought out maybe on easter sunday and this article by pam johnson makes that point that it needs to be a study that's routinely done in the 64 slice plus error. And again, the costs have come down substantially, but again, I think a lot of it gets down to workflow. A lot of it gets down to reimbursement. This article published just a few months back talks about some of the limitations, just the fact that perhaps the usability, the interfaces aren't where they need to be. And we've been big complainers about the interfaces with corner screens and corner menus and all sorts of things which make the work very difficult and surely on the learning side become extremely difficult. And I've mentioned before that if I asked this question 10 years ago, I might be answer would be D, but these days E is the closest answer, which is kind of terrible. Now we know, and we've written, and all of us know that visualization really improves our ability to recognize subtle features. And we know, for example, that things like this case of hematuria, where the patients had a number of scans all negative, when you do the 3D imaging of the patient's ureter, you see the irregularity of the proximal third of the ureter. It's subtle, but it's obvious. 
and that was a transitional cell carcinoma. And we know, and we've published many articles, that 3D increases your accuracy, increases your staging, your detection by in the range of 25 to 30%. Now, if we were perfect on reading axial images, perhaps we could say, well, you know, the 3Ds are only for the non-radiologists. But this article by Kim makes the point that if the study is normal, we only make a 4% error, but if the study is abnormal, our error rate is 30%. And the errors include both commission and omission. 42% of errors are where the findings are not seen. And that says to me and it says to you that we're not doing things as well as we could. If we're missing 30% of the pathologies, if we're wrong 30% of the time, OMG, we better think of a different plan. Now, in terms of improving diagnosis in healthcare, the National Academy of Sciences, the Institute, which was the Institute of Medicine, did make the point that medical error is a serious problem. Marty McCary looked at this a little bit closer, and when he looked at some of the numbers, and although we know we're never going to be perfect, that human error is inevitable, third leading cause of death today, and is probably underreported, is medical error. And heart disease and cancer were fighting down while medical error is going up. And in truth, it's a lot easier probably to decrease medical error than it is to decrease the rate of deaths from many different cancers. So it does say that, you know, in this chart of people with errors and deaths, it's not radiology alone, obviously, it's everything. But surely we contribute, delayed diagnosis, wrong diagnosis, incomplete diagnosis, wrong staging, and the like. And I tried to think, why would 3D not be used as a way of decreasing error? Well, first, we used to say the data sets were crummy. We used to do four millimeter thick sections every three millimeters. You couldn't scan large areas. The scan times were too long. But now, sub-millimeter thickness, interscan spacing, sub-millimeter, great temporal and spatial resolution. We have no problem with the data. And the data keeps getting better. The computer power, yes, we were on slow computers. Pixar initially took us uh, 24 hours to do a study. But now the speed of rendering and the quality is not an issue. Chips from the NVIDIA, for example, Intel, can really do the processing very quickly at a relatively low cost. Things fall apart with workstation design and interface. Some workstations we loved in, in space. We helped with that. But many of the others just have poor design. People hate using them. The corner menus, the lack of a really good interface, it's not an Apple, it's not an Amazon, it's not Facebook. The lack of customization, the lack of usefulness and flexibility in a busy clinical situation. And it's just, we suffer from the fact that on the software side of things, we don't have an Apple, a Facebook, or an Amazon in medical imaging. That is the big hole. And the second issue is the radiologists, all of us. And in part is how we get reimbursed. People are getting paid more and more for based on RVUs, and if 3D isn't being paid, you're not going to do it. We also try to get through studies. Less is more. You don't want to spend more time. You want to spend less time per study. There's also a poor understanding at times of where radiology fits in. We tend to behave like we're a commodity, not that we're a critical service. And that becomes very important in understanding the role of radiology in clinical practice. So when I think of 3D, I thought perhaps we can do better. 
Perhaps we should push 3D as a technique that decreases the number of misdiagnoses and errors in CT. And we've published articles about that. Let's implement that. Maybe it can be a technique that can handle the multiple data sets. The scanners all create all sorts of data sets. We can look at them. Dual energy is a good example. And perhaps 30 years later, it's a new paradigm in imaging. And it's not simply something that perhaps could happen. When you look around us, we're talking about self-driving cars. We're talking about the ability of deep learning to recognize pathology, classify pathology, and the like. And it's our feeling if you can have self-driving cars, you surely can have a workstation that improves the radiologist's diagnostic decision-making. A key part of what we do, of course, is, and the most important part of what we do is patient care. We have to minimize errors and mistakes. And we try to do this, but obviously we're not doing it well enough. I think we need to rethink how we do things. And perhaps 3D imaging may be one of the things that changes the paradigm and decreases our error. And we'll keep up this topic of discussion. We'd be interested to hear your thoughts. And with that, have a great day.